It's not about our talent. It's not about the audience. Sometimes the Lord may hold things back until we can handle the pressure of success. Hmm, hmm, hmm. All right, so haters were there at the gravesite. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kingdom Rock Radio. You are moments away from receiving God's rich word. But first, remember that you can subscribe to our Roku channel as well as our podcast. And don't forget, for more information, you can always contact us at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's word. I thank you so much for joining me. We're going to have a great time tonight. As some of you may have already noticed, uh, we're going to go into a part three of the series entitled Get Up. It's time to get up. And this will be part number three. So I can't wait to get in it with you. We're going right back into John, the 11th chapter. I just cannot get away from it. There's something about Jesus uh, there at the tomb of Lazarus and Mary and Martha. Uh, we're going to have a great time tonight. So you don't want to miss not one second of it. All right, so if you haven't had a chance to hear part one and part two, make sure you go back and, uh, and hear them, and you can watch them. And uh, it, the audio messages will also be available on our podcast as well, so don't worry about that. They will pop up on the podcast. If you haven't already subscribed to the channel, make sure you do so, and when you subscribe, click the bell icon and, uh, so that you can stay up to date as to what comes on and what's going to happen. Well, I'm ready to get into the Word tonight, and I hope that you are too. All right, but first of all, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you so very much in the mighty name of Jesus for this night that you've given us to gather around your Word. Father, I pray tonight that you would speak expressly by your Spirit, that you would lead us into all truth and show us things to come. We invite your presence in. Holy Spirit, we invite your presence. Speak to your people here tonight. We love you so very much. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right. Well, I'm ready to get into the Word of God. All right. So we've been in John, the 11th chapter for the past few weeks, and we're going to get right back into it. We're not going to read the entire chapter like we've been doing, but tonight we're going to start really at uh, verse 31, and we're going to go down to verse 47. We're going to read first, and then we're going to go on down. That's our plan. We're going to read first and then go on down, okay? Then we go back and we'll talk about it. So let's just go ahead. All right, so uh, John the 11th chapter, verse 31 through 47 out of the King James Version reads like this. Uh, the Jews then, which were with her in the house, now, of course, let's back up for a moment. All right, for those of you who weren't with us on the last few times, uh, the, the word has gotten to Jesus that Lazarus was sick. Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus that Lazarus was sick and uh, Jesus stayed where he was another two days. Finally, he comes on the scene and Mary comes to him and says, Lord, if you've been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus gives her a powerful word concerning uh, the fact that he is the resurrection and the life. All right. So Martha goes back home and tells Mary, hey, the master has come. And now Mary leaves the house and she brings a lot of people with her to see Jesus. Oh, we had a fun time with that last week. Make sure you go back and, and hear it. So here we are. Uh, look at verse 31. Now it says, uh, the Jews then, which were with her in the house and comforted her when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her saying, uh, she goeth unto the grave to weep there. 
Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping with her, uh, he groaned in his, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Verse 34, and said, where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35, Jesus wept. Really going to get into that tonight. Really going to get into that tonight. Jesus wept. Verse 36, uh, then said the Jews, behold how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus, therefore, again groaned in himself, uh, groaning in himself, uh, cometh to the grave. It was, it was a cave and a stone lie upon it. Verse 39, Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, um, by this time he stinketh. His body has begun to decay, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto, saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, um, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou, uh, that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Very key, that they may believe that you sent me. This whole thing really is about people believing who Jesus is. Let's go on. And when he had thus, when he had thus spoken, uh, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, uh, and his face was bound upon face was bound about uh, with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, "Loose him and let him go." Oh, didn't we have fun with that last week? Oh my God, that's, that was so good. Verse thirty-five. Now listen to verse thirty-five uh, through thirty-seven, rather forty-five. Verse forty-five through forty-seven, and then we'll go back. Okay. It says, "Then many of the Jews which came to, which came to Mary." And, uh, and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. But some of them uh, went their way uh, to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Well, let's stop right there in 46. All right. So there are some things that we need to really just glean out of these scriptures. And there are two things I want to accomplish tonight. And maybe we can get, in, maybe we can get to both of them tonight. If not, we may have to go into a part four. But two things we really want to look at. We really want to look at, first of all, who came with Mary? Who are those that came with Mary? And secondly, Jesus weeping. Why did Jesus weep? Want to get into those two scriptures or, or get into those two thoughts. They are incredibly powerful here. All right. So first of all, let's talk about, um, let's talk about uh, who was coming with Mary. Now, remember the last time we spoke. Uh, how when Jesus first came, Martha, uh, and when he first came on the scene, Martha met him. But when she came to him, she didn't bring anyone with her. Uh, it was just Martha going to Mary. And then we saw on last week, as we do today, when Mary came to Jesus, well, everybody uh, came with Mary. 
And then we made just two, I think, powerful thoughts. One, even though Martha had a relationship with Jesus, remember she had a relationship with the Lord Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus loved her. She loved the Lord. And she was able to talk to and communicate with Christ and get a word from Christ. Now, never has it been said, at least up until this point, where Jesus uh, proclaimed that he was the resurrection and the life. That anyone who believes in him, though they were dead, yet shall they live. And if they're living, they're never going to die. So this word was imparted to Martha. This was a powerful, eternal word that he gave to her. This was powerful. She had a relationship with her, but no one came with her to meet Jesus. No one came with her. And really, that's a statement that we can make tonight. Uh, You may say, well, I know the Lord and, you know, I've been saved for quite a number of years. But how many people are you bringing with you to meet Jesus? Mm, That's a powerful thought, isn't it? How many people, uh, even when we close our eyes for the last time, how many people will you have brought to meet Jesus? Now, did she have a relationship with with him? Of course she did. But she didn't bring anybody with him. Uh, She didn't bring anybody with her. Now, when Mary came, She rose up from the house. Everybody goes with Mary. We talked about that. Everybody goes with Mary. And when she gets to Jesus, she falls at his feet and she worships. And she worships. This is a clue as well. So when Mary comes, she worships the Lord. She is a worshiper and she's loving the Lord with her whole heart. And she falls at his feet. Everybody is going to follow someone that is madly in love with Jesus. Someone that gives their heart to Jesus. Remember, oh, and actually in the very next chapter, John the 12th chapter, you'll see how Mary is going to take that alabaster box. Many say that this, that this, as a matter of fact, is uh, Mary of Bethany there in John the 12th chapter. And she's going to take her alabaster box of, of ointment and she's going to basically anoint the Lord for his burial. Well, a lot of people are going to get upset, namely Judas, who was, who was going to say, hey, this oil should have been sold and given to the poor. Why are you wasting this? Why are you wasting this on Jesus? He didn't like that. Uh, he didn't like it. But not because he was so much caring for the poor, the Bible says, but he carried the money bag. He wanted the money. And so from there, he really gets upset and really goes out to plot, uh, to uh, plot with the Pharisees and all of, and all of those people uh, to betray Jesus to get the money, to get the money. But that's something altogether. So she's a worshiper. She's a worshiper. People will follow passion. Here's another life lesson. People will follow passion. If you're passionate about what you do, if you're passionate about your job, your career, people will follow passion. People don't want to follow wishy-washy people. If you're passionate about even your YouTube channel, you're passionate about sewing, about singing, people will follow passion. Passion is fire. And people want to be inspired. They will follow people that inspire them. So, you know, as one man once said, uh, they'll come and watch you burn. They'll come and watch you do what you do. People are encouraged. They are inspired by your passion. So be passionate in your service to the Lord. All right. So let's go back. And we see here, we see here that many people are following Mary. Now, who is following Mary? And this is another humongous life lesson here. 
that, I don't know, it may take us a while to get to it all. <laughs> Hopefully we'll get to Jesus weeping. Uh, if not today, then possibly next week. But this is a humongous life lesson as we answer the question, who is following Mary? Now, I want you to see this. Let's go back to verse number 45 and verse 46. 45 and 46, it says this. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary, so those that who, were, who had uh, followed her from her house, then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Many of the people that followed her uh, actually believed on Jesus because they saw, they witnessed what Jesus did. So the Lord used Lazarus. He used his suffering to draw a crowd. He used Mary's worship and her passion to bring the crowd. Isn't that wonderful? Or we can say uh, the Lord used Lazarus' suffering to bring about a need, to bring about a need. And not only did Lazarus suffer uh, or was in a state of misery. Remember, we said before on last week, you, you can look this up yourself. Remember, Bethany means the house of dates. You know, the eating dates, not the date on the calendar, but it also means the house of misery, the house of misery. Or we can say the place of misery, the dwelling place of misery. So here is Lazarus in a place of misery. Yeah, uh, his sisters in a place of misery. And so the Lord uses this place of misery. He uses their pain and suffering uh, to allow others to be drawn to this grave site. He uses Lazarus. And he also specifically here uh, uses, he does use Martha because Martha goes back and tells Mary, but Mary brings the crowd in because remember, Jesus wants him to know who he is. Now, whenever the Lord uses you, let me bring this home as well. Whenever the Lord uses you in a period of, in a, a period or time of suffering or misery, whenever he allows that to happen, whenever he does, Whenever he allows that to happen, there will always be victory on the other side. And you will always receive, like Job, double for your trouble. Whenever, uh, whenever there is a, a, a prescribed, we can say, whenever there is, there is a prescribed suffering, there's always promotion on the other side of it. So if you're going through something, my friend, and it seems like you're living in a house of misery, if it was prescribed by the Lord, there's always double on the other side. There's always victory on the other side. There's, there's always growth on the other side. If you allow the Lord to use you. Think about it like this. Uh, when the Lord one time, uh, when Jesus was um, on the shore and so many people were coming, coming to him uh, where, you know, it's like they had him backed up to the sea. Well, he asked Peter, I believe, let me borrow your boat. So he gets in Peter's boat and, uh, and he goes out a little bit. And so from the boat, he preaches to the people that are on the shore. Uh, Jesus, is Jesus uses Peter's boat to preach the gospel. Well, remember what we said. The general theme is if God uses you, if he uses something that you have, you always going to get paid. You know, we don't, you know, do it for that. But the Lord, I'm telling you, he always provides. He, he's just, he's just not going to take it and not give you anything. What happens after that? Well, you'll find out um, on down that Peter is able to cast his net and get a lot of fish. 
And so a lot of things happened. I mean, that was his business. He was a fisherman and he caught a great uh, draught of fish. He caught a lot of fish more than he normally more than he normally would have, much more than he normally would have. He caught a miraculous amount of fish. And you'll see that actually a couple of times in the Bible as the Lord tells them to, you know, cast their net on the other side and they catch a, a whole lot of fish. So, um, I mean, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. And this, I believe that occasion we just spoke of when the Lord uses Peter's boat, uh, that was the occasion that Peter really, really knew who Jesus was uh, as he used uh, Peter's boat. So, same thing here. As the Lord uses Lazarus, as he uses Lazarus, um, there's going to be double. I mean, there's going to be great promotion in store here as he used Lazarus. Now, let me bring this point out too. Lazarus is not going through this suffering. Mary and Martha, they're not going through the suffering for them, so to speak. They're not going through the suffering for them. It's really for those that are around them. They already had a relationship with Jesus. They already had a relationship with him. Uh, with him. So they're not going through this suffering, you know, so that they can know the Lord better, although I'm sure that this is the case. But the Lord says that this suffering is happening in Lazarus's life so that the others would know who he is. So again, let the Lord use you. If you're going through a time of pain, if you're going through a time of suffering, if you're going through misery in your life, just rejoice. Just rejoice, just rejoice if this is indeed a prescribed, a prescribed um, suffering. Now, there are some times when we can bring things on ourselves. The Lord says in his word that um, let us not suffer as busybodies in other men's business or don't suffer as a murderer. You know, you've done something wrong. When that time comes, then cry out for mercy. Cry out for mercy. Ask the Lord for forgiveness and let him pull you out of that stuff. You know, let him bring you um, on the path of deliverance, on the path of change, right? All right. But when we have a prescribed, let me go back to that again. When there is a prescribed period, you're always going to be so much better than you were before. All right. Now, getting back onto this. So who is with Mary? Now, the Bible says here in verse number 45, then many, it says many, can you say many? Many, many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which she did believed on him. Now, for those of you that are just joining us, uh, we're in the book of John, John the 11th chapter, John 11 and verse number 45. John 11, verse 45. All right. So it says many believed. That's who's with Mary. Many believed. But that's not all that's with Mary. Uh, verse 46 says, but some but some of them went their way to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Hmm. But some went to the Pharisees. Many believed, but some went to the Pharisees. What's the big deal about that? Let's look at verse 47. Then gathered the uh, chief priests and the Pharisees, uh, rather, then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council. And said, what do we? For this man doeth many miracles. So now they're talking among themselves. They're talking among themselves. And what's the conclusion of their conversation? Well, let's go down to verse 53. We find the conclusion of their talking. It says, verse 53, John eleven fifty-three. 53. It says, then from that day forth, they took counsel together for to put him to death. They wanted to kill him. 
All righty. Now let's see who's with Mary. One, many are with her that believe on Jesus, but some are with her that want to kill Jesus, that wants to kill the giver of the blessing. So let's go into this. So many, uh, here's our life lesson. Let me give you a few life lessons now. Uh, these, these, are things, these are things that are, or a few principles I can say, these are things that are embedded in nature, that are embedded in this world. You can't get away from them. Things that are principles, uh, things that are embedded in nature, things that are part of life, there's no wishing them away or praying them away. Uh, these are things that we're simply going to be overcomers in, and God has made other allowances for it. There are some things that are going to happen regardless as long as you are down in this world. Grab a hold of this. So let me show you uh, some of these pros and some of these cons here as we talk about who's with Mary. Okay. So uh, who's with Mary? Many and some. Uh, so again, many people will rejoice with you that God is working in your life. Many came with her and they believe. Uh, they, will, uh, they will even come to know Jesus because of your struggle, because of the things that you have gone through. You lost your job and Things happen in your marriage and in your relationship. Bad things happen, but they'll come to know Jesus because of how you have struggled, because of how you have kept your faith. Through the struggle, Mary and Martha, they kept their faith in Jesus. They did. All right. So many will come to the Lord because of how you handled it, because, you, because of how you retained your relationship with Christ uh, through the struggle. Many will weep with you and others will rejoice with you. Uh, and others will prosper with you, but some, but some uh, will not. Now, here's his lesson. I want you to listen to me. Some will weep, some will weep with you because, or, or some will be around you because, uh, some will be around you through your weeping because they secretly like to see you cry. And some uh, will be with you because misery loves company. They're sad and you're sad and they don't mind hanging around you. But the moment you begin to do better in life, the moment you begin to come up, the moment God's blessing begins to be revealed in you, then they begin to show who they really are. That The head of that serpent really pops up. So again, listen to the principle. Some will weep with you because misery loves company. When you feel bad, they will feel better. When you feel bad, they'll feel better. They will feel better. Now, let me give you some keys to recognize some of these people in your life, the sum in your life. All right. Uh, the first thing is those that, those that are not really with you, they will minimize your success. Number one, you can write that down. They will minimize your success. You get a promotion. Oh, that's nothing. They'll minimize it. They're not really with you. They love it when you were, when you had little to nothing. They were your friends when you had a little piece of car to drive. But the moment you get something better, you'll see that head uh, really rearing up. So the first thing is, if, the, if they are, well, not if you do, the people that you have in your life, if they minimize your success, I want you to know who they are. They are part of the sum, not part of the many. Uh, they will begin to uh, back away from you when your prosperity shows up. 
when prosperity shows up in your life, they'll begin to back away. And normally they're backing away, uh, unfortunately, to get in, a, get in a position of attack so they can talk. So they can talk, talk not to you, but actually talk about you. All right. Third thing is uh, they consciously, I'm giving them bit of benefit of doubt, benefit of the doubt. They will consciously or unconsciously verbally assault you uh, with condemning words because of the blessing, because of the blessing. They will do it verbally and some will do it through their facial expressions. You notice that their continents uh, will fall. I mean, they just it just won't be the same once you once Jesus has answered your prayer. You'll know that they are part of the sum and not a part of the many. Now, again, the sum are going to they're going to be there. Who's at the gravesite? The many and the sum. They're going to be there. We can say it like this. Your haters will always be present. You can't get away from them. They're going to be present. We can say it like this. Negatives, negatives or negative people will always be present when the positive shows up. When you're doing something positive, negative will show up. It's just a part of life. I look at it like a, like a battery, right? Battery has two poles, a positive and a negative. If you're doing something positive, negative is going to show up. But don't let the negative discourage you. Let the negative fuel you. Now, here's another lesson. The stronger the negatives in your life, the stronger the opposition, that tells you the stronger your positive. Little opposition means little positive. But if you say they're really just talking about me, all these bad things are happening, well, that should tell you that, I mean, you've got some really strong, positive things happening in your life. God's really moving, even when you can't see it. You say, well, I don't have anything, and, and, but why are they talking about me like that? Why are they doing this? Listen, the negative will always show up when there is a strong positive. The only way you can possibly avoid some of that is to stop doing positive and you won't see so much negative. But listen, who wants to live like that? Who wants to live a life always going backwards, being afraid of what other people will say or afraid of what, of what other people will do? No, we can't allow ourselves to be in that, uh, what I call people bondage, where you are afraid to prosper because of what someone else will say. Let me give you a few examples of that, of the negative always being uh, present when you begin to prosper. Remember the Lord told the disciples, uh, they said, Lord, we've left all and uh, to follow you. He said, hey, in this life, you're going to receive a hundredfold with persecution. There's that negative. It's going to show up when you begin to prosper. Here comes that negative. Mouths will fly. Listen, people will talk either way. They will talk whether you have a new car They'll talk about you. Whether you have an old car, they'll talk about you. But let me, there's this famous song that says, let's give them something to talk about. <laughs> give, give them something to talk about. You live your life and you prosper. We cannot live our lives in people bondage. It's going to happen. The negative folk, the naysayers, the haters, when you begin to make your million, when you begin to, your business begins to take off, your ministry takes off, you know, when you get more than five people, well, hey, now you got 500 people. Hey, now, don't you know that, that there's always a certain amount of weight? Now, here's another life lesson. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Here's another life lesson. Hmm. 
when you begin to get some sort of following or when business begins to increase, ministry begins to increase, whatever you're doing, whatever you're hoping for, when it begins to increase, with every round of uh, prosperity, there comes a greater sense of pressure, a greater sense of pressure. With every round, every time you go higher, there comes greater pressure, greater pressure, greater pressure. Think about it. Let's say uh, you started your business and you first the first week you made uh, $100 that week. All right. A few friends say, oh, man, that's great. That's great. That's great. You know, you got a few people, you know, who halfway clap, you know, all that. Let's say the uh, the, the third week of business, you made $10,000. Now, that's quite a jump. You made $10,000 in your third week. Don't you know that's even more pressure? Because now you got the haters. How do you do that? I've been working at this. I've been doing that. Mouth all stuck out. I've been doing this. Look like, who is that? A Muppet character. You know, whatever. They're looking at that and looking at you. How did you do it? And then you have the others, of course, the positive ones. Oh, great. We're excited for you. We're excited for you. Listen, think about the amount of pressure that you had with $100, but then $10,000. But then the amount of pressure that comes with a hundred thousand or a million. Think about the pressure that comes in. Then it's not always dollars, but it's um, different forms of success. I'm not sure what success means to you, but when you begin to succeed at that, the, the more success you have, the more success, the greater the pressure. The greater the pressure, the greater the success. Are you hearing me? So this is what our father would do. And you've heard people quote this verse an awful lot. Uh, they say, you know, the word says that, you know, God will not allow you to suffer things that you cannot bear. He won't put something on you that you cannot bear, that you cannot bear. Normally they're talking about uh, suffering in the negative sense. But let me tell you that there is a positive form of positive form of suffering that comes as a result of success and prosperity. Listen, if we can't handle a hundred bucks, I hear somebody say it. Yeah. If we can't handle the pressure that comes from a hundred bucks, why would the Lord give you the pressure of $10,000? If we can't handle the pressure of 20 people, why would he give you 20,000? Why? Because he does care about you, doesn't he? Why would he put that on you? Why would he put that kind of pressure on you? Because listen, even Jesus had 12 disciples and even one of them was a devil. So if we keep that ratio 12 or, or rather 11 to 1, the more you grow, the more devil's going to come in. The more pressure you have, the more naysayers you'll have, you're going to have to be strong enough to handle the weight of it. And that strength doesn't come from you. It's going to come from the grace of God that resides within us. It's like lifting weight, lifting weight. So if with every level, one person said, with every level, there is a new devil. But let me tell you, don't, you don't have to be discouraged about the negative. You can be empowered and know that God has got you through all of it. Got it? Now, let me show you a few more principles about this thing here. So what we're doing today, you say, why is God taking so long to prosper me? Why is he taking so long to prosper me? I got this, that, this, that, and it all should work. Maybe he's waiting on you to get strong enough or for you to experience enough of his grace flowing through you so that you can handle the weight of success. Some people break down and I've heard about some lottery winners. I mean, people that were broke one day and millionaires the next day, it didn't sit well with them. 
that they weren't used to that kind of pressure. And some people that won the lottery, uh, God bless their families, they committed suicide. And some of them went bankrupt, could not handle the pressure of success. Can you handle the pressure of it? So that's why it's good to grow into it, grow slowly into it. So you're learning to control the pressure. It's just like diving into the ocean, you know? They say when you go down really deep, you got to take your time coming up. If you come up too fast, you know, bad stuff happens. I don't know. I've just heard about it. I don't particularly swim myself. Well, I do swim sort of like a rock, but you understand what I'm saying. But I've heard if you go down really deep, and some of you may know this, some of you are divers, you go down really deep, you got to come up slowly because the temperature, not the temperature, but the pressure changes. It's at the bottom, it's, you know, it's more intense, but as you go up, it's less. So you have to go up slowly. So handling success slowly. So many times the Lord will do it with you slowly. But it's not about your ability many times. It's about our, or rather, our a talent, should I say. It's not about our talent. It's not about the audience. Sometimes the Lord may hold things back until we can handle the pressure of success. Hmm, hmm, hmm. All right, so haters were there at the gravesite. Now, let me tell you something. Um, I want you to note that the sum left the gravesite to, to kill Mary's blessing giver. They had that in mind. Mary, I see you. Jesus is prospering you. I'm going to kill Jesus. We're going to kill Jesus. That's what they did when they, you know, what they're trying to do is they went to the Pharisees. We're going to kill your blessing giver. Why? Because we want you to be miserable just like us. We enjoyed your company when you didn't have anything. We want you to be miserable just like us. You know, and it, oh my goodness, I'm not sure who I'm talking to tonight. Some people may not be excited that you're getting out of the projects. Some people may not be excited when you're, oh my Jesus, I hear that now. Someone's in a, a, a new relationship and you're happy and you're still hanging around with those single friends. One of those single friends going to talk so bad about him, girlfriend. They're going to talk so bad about him. It's not that they're happy for your relationship. They just want you to be miserable like them. You're going to have to change companies. When that little head hops up, you got to say, no, uh-uh, I'm not going to, no, honey, you know, do whatever, you know. I'm not going to allow you to talk about my man, you know. Anyway, you understand what I'm saying, right? Okay. So misery loves company. So some people may not be happy that you are happy. And you got to watch out for that, okay? All right. So let's see something. Let me show you how the Lord will prosper you in spite of, of your haters. This is such a powerful example I'm about to give you. If I wasn't sitting here in this new studio, I think I may throw something on the floor and raise the roof up in here. Yeah, I know. I know. You got to, got to calm down. Calm down. All right, here we go. Look at this. Turn your Bibles. You're with me. Turn your Bibles to Psalm 23. Some of you already know it. Some of you know where I'm going. Psalm 23. As we're beginning to close out. Oh, our time. My God, it is really going by, isn't it? Wow. Psalm 23, I want you to see how God will prosper you despite your haters. All right, look at this, Psalm 23, you got it? You got it? You got it? Okay, Psalm 23, verse number four and six. Not going to read the entire Psalm, we could, but we're going to just look at verse four, five, and six, okay? Verse four says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Listen to verse number five. It says, 
Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Did you hear that? Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runs over. Verse six, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will uh, dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen to that. He says again, thou preparest a table, a table of spread. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My haters are right there. And God said, sit down. Let me give you your blessings. Sit down. Let me prosper you right in front of them. Isn't that awesome? He will prosper you right there in the midst of your haters, right there. I'm, the Lord loves to do that. This is why you don't have to go out and toot your horn and say, how you like me now? You don't have to do that. Just keep on living. Just keep on living. One person said, and you know, I don't, one person said, you know what, the best way to get back at people, but I don't want you to get, try to get back at people, but the best, the best way to really overcome the haters, let's say it that way, is simply to succeed. Just succeed. Just succeed. Just continue, continue, uh, continue to follow the leading of the Lord. Continue to live your life. And don't be afraid of your haters because really the fear of haters uh, having anxiety about people, about what people would say or think about us really will retard or slow down our growth. I hear that Holy Spirit. I hear that. I hear that. When we give more honor to the haters than we do our lover, the one who loves us, the Lord Jesus, we give more honor to them. Lord, I can't do that. Because you know what they're going to say. I can't drive that because of, of what they're going to say. The more honor you give to them and not to him, that retards our growth. Oh, my God. And I received that word for me, too. Do you receive that word for you? We can't give honor to them. Let's give honor to him. Hallelujah. Let's stop honoring the some and honor the many. Glory to God. All right, let's go ahead and finish out. Let me show you just two more scriptures. And then, oh, I uh, Thought we may not get to Jesus week, uh, Jesus wept tonight. So, uh, but there's next week, the Lord willing. All right, let's look at um, Luke seven. Luke seven. We're going to go there. Luke seven. Luke seven, verse forty-four through forty-eight. Luke seven, verse forty-four through forty-eight. You got it. Luke seven, verse forty-four through forty-eight. One day I'm going to have on our fancy smancy monitor. Yeah, I'm going to have on my fancy fancy monitor over there, I'm going to have the scriptures on the screen for you. Won't that be awesome? Up in here, up in here. Yeah, I'm having that, all that stuff for you. You just keep on coming back around. We're going to have some things for you. Hallelujah. So, but let's go on. All right, Luke 7, verse 44 through 48. All right, listen, let's look at how this reads here. Uh, let, me set up, let me set up the scene. Uh, a Pharisee has invited Jesus to his house. For dinner, for a meal. Jesus agrees. All right. Then a woman comes in, uh, this notorious uh, woman. Uh, uh, she's been known for, for sin. Uh, she's a sinful woman. And uh, she comes in and, and something happens. So let's just take it up here. I'm not going to read the whole thing for time's sake. But when you get a chance, read the entire uh, chapter, Luke 7, and uh, you'll get the whole, you get the whole gist of it. Okay. All right. 
or the whole context. So, but I'm just going to start reading in verse 44 and go and go to verse 48. So think about this in terms of um, you prospering in the presence of your enemy. Think of this in terms of uh, when positive is there, negative is going to show up, you know, but God has made you an overcomer of that negative too. He's made you an overcomer, made you an overcomer. All right. So Luke 7, verse 44 through 48 says this. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. All right. Let's look at verse 45. Then, or rather, thou kiss, thou givest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But, um, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And this is what he's saying to this woman here. He says, and he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. All right, grab a hold of this. This woman is hated in this house. This is this uh, religious devil person here, and uh, he cannot stand her. He cannot stand that she's in the house. He cannot stand. He really doesn't like Jesus either. Remember, because they're plotting to kill Jesus, and he's probably just inviting Jesus over to to his house to find some fault in him. All right. She comes in. She's hated. Her hater is present. Jesus is present. The uh, and Jesus is, of course, the supreme positive. Right. He's the ultimate positive on one side. Ding, ding, ding. Ultimate positive. Jesus. Yeah. On the other side, here's negative. This religious devil. Boo. Can I hear it? <sighs> Boo. <sighs> Boo. But in the middle. You have this woman. You have this woman. Her hater is present. But listen, the Lord honors her in the presence of her hater. He honors her. He talks about her and says, hey, she's done. She's doing all this good stuff to me. All this stuff is happening. You know what? Her sins are forgiven right there in your face, devil. Booyah! Right there in your face. Yeah, I know it. I know it. I know it. Right there in his face, in the presence of her enemies, God makes her a table. Wow. He blesses her right there in the midst of it. Now, let me show you just one more, and then we'll, we'll close, out from, uh, close out of this session today. Just show you. Let me show you one more. You can pause this recording at any time and come back. So, you know, let me show you just one more recording. Uh, Lord, not recording. One more verse. Yes, that's a signal that it's almost time here. All right. Romans 7. Verse 21, Romans 7, verse 21, and we're going to end here, and this sort of just wraps this thing all up, wraps this thing all up, all right? Listen to what it reads, just one verse, and you're going to get it, all right? So Romans 7, verse 21, King James Version, this is how it reads. He says, Paul says here, I find then, I find then a law, a law is a principle, it's a fact of life. Well, what did you find out, Paul? What's the principle? What's the fact of life? Here it is. 
that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Can, I, can it be any, any clearer? <laughs> you know I mean? When I would do good, evil is present. When I would do the positive, there comes some negative. It's going to happen. But don't let it stress you out. The negative simply tells you you're doing something right. One man said, you know, if you're in the devil's pocket already, he wouldn't, bet, he wouldn't bother you. If, he, if you were already on his side, he wouldn't bother you. But because you are doing right, because you are a light in this world, it's going to show up. But just let the presence of that, when you hear their yang-yang, when you hear their conversation, maybe when you, even, even when you see a negative post or something, just know that their presence says, you did good. Atta boy, keep it up. Atta girl, keep it up. As they say, you go, girl. Yeah, I know. You go. You've done a good job. Keep on worshiping the Lord. Keep on praising him. Keep on exalting him. And that also means that payday is coming after a while. You'll always receive double for your trouble. He will always bless you. The scripture says those who, uh, sow, who have sown in tears will reap in joy. God bless you. I'm telling you. The scripture says again, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever man sows that shall he also reap. You keep sowing those good things. Guess what? Good things are going to come. And when they come, don't be afraid to buy it. Don't be afraid to wear it. Don't be afraid to give God glory for it. Despite your haters, because the haters are present just to testify that you're on the right road. So continue to love the Lord, continue to worship him. And I'm telling you, you're going to be absolutely, absolutely fine. You are an overcomer. Glory. Well, I've had fun tonight in this Bible study, and I hope that you did too. Remember, if you're not subscribed to this channel, please do so today. If you're watching us by way of the YouTube, make sure that you hit the subscribe button and you hit the bell button so that you can be informed as to the goings on of our ministry here. If you're watching by way of Roku, I hope that you've already subscribed to the channel and installed it on your device. If you're listening by way of podcast, well, keep it up, podcasters, and we're going to have a good time. Tell a friend and I'm just going to rejoice. Uh, this is just what we do every week. So uh, next time we'll see you. Uh, some of you may be watching live now. And remember, we have a, uh, a Friday moment of inspiration every Friday uh, that comes out on Fridays. It's a three minute clip and I think it's going to bless you. And then back again on Sunday for another live broadcast. So until then, remember, oh, yes, let me pray with you first before we go. How about that? Father, I thank you for my friend, and, and Father, I speak courage in their lives, courage, and I, I pray the grace of God be upon them, that they would resist the enemy, that they would first of all submit themselves to you and resist the enemy, and he would flee from them. Lord, I speak encouragement. May they be encouraged and be filled with joy. And Father, I pray that they will not be weary in well-doing, for in due season they will reap if they faint not. Father, I pray that the boldness of the Spirit would come upon them, the boldness of the Spirit, the boldness of the Holy Spirit, the boldness to prosper. And Father, I thank you for the table that you prepared for them, that they would not be afraid to take their seat at the table and prosper. 
You love them, Father. You love us, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, see you next week. Love you. And uh, yeah, see you next week. <laughs> Bye-bye, my friends. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. In there, you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.